When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Caddy. This is our draft series, and we're up to linebackers, which means there's one show after this one, and then we're done. And then I guess we could do a proper draft preview, and then it's the draft. But as always, we are brought to you by... Better Edge, go to betteredge.com slash the number five reasons, and you get $25 just for signing up. And of course, prize picks. Use promo code 5, F-I-V-E. You deposit $100, it's a one-time rollover. They give you $100. It's essentially a free $100 just for using our promo code F-I-V-E. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is, is busy with some other matters. Or, he, or, or how is it we do it? How we say in the business, uh, Simon, when we have nothing better to say, we say he's on assignment. Yeah, no, he got arrested and uh, the police are checking his hard drive, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that. but our cover story is he's on yeah, assignment. Yeah, our cover story is on assignment, but I think he's doing a, he's getting ready to do a stretch in Rikers because they found some material <laughs> on his computer. I think that's, I mean, that's what I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what you heard, you know? It's, uh, I read it, don't I read quote it on, you. I read it on Twitter, and apparently it's all true on there. (laughs) If it's on Twitter, it has to be true. Uh, Let's share a little bit of um, – this is not news. It's out there in bits and pieces if you look for it. Um, On Wednesday, which is April 19th, Xavier Howard, Tua Tungvaloa will speak with the media, and Chris Greer and Marvin Allen will do their pre-draft availability. Uh, Interested in that? Uh, Do you think that they can reveal anything that could be of use? Uh, in that not availability, in not in the slightest. It will be a one complete... lie after another, right? Yeah, it's lying season. It'll, it'll, you know, it's bullshit time. It's the smoke machine, as we've always talked about for years. That's what that's what it is. But you know, there's no first round pick. There's no kind of big secret they'll talk about. You know, we've done a great job in the off season. We feel like we felt we feel like we filled so many of our needs. You know, we're in a great position on the offensive line. You know, we've got Austin coming back. We've got Liam coming back. You know, Austin is the number, you know, we might look to add some depth, but we're really happy with where we are on the on the positions that fans are freaking out about. You know, two <laughs> yeah. is great. We're, we're, we're great. The running back room is fantastic. You know, tight end, you know, we lost Mike and we wish him all the best, but, you know, we brought in Eric and obviously Durham. We just love Durham. He signed a new contract and, 
you know, and then in the secondary, we're all, we're all sugar, you know, we're all sorted. Brandon Jones looks amazing. Trill Williams looks amazing. Nick Needham looks amazing. Everybody's coming back from injury looks amazing. It's like having We may players. never lose a game ever again. We may never lose a game ever again, you know. I think we're all really happy. And, and really, we're just going to take the best player available because we're in that perfect position because we really feel like we don't have any holes. And, you know, but what about the offensive line, uh, Chris? What about right tackle, Chris? No, no, you know. Austin, you know, he's a, he's a, he's still one of the youngest players in the league. He, you know, he's such a baby in terms of, you know, he's coming back and he was he played so well last season in the fifteen snaps before he got injured. Um, you know, we felt like he was on an all pro kind of tear until he got injured after fifteen snaps. And um, you know, but he's coming back and you know, this is a guy what in his fourth year now, and you know, we're looking to extend him and offer that fifth year extension and. You know, he's such a great player and he's uh, you know, obviously got the inside track on uh, right. But what about left guard, Chris? What about left guard? Oh, well, you know, we've got beefy Liam Eichenberg and, you know, beefy's going to, you know, but what if Teron Armstead gets hurt? Well, you know, he's not going to get hurt. And, you know, we've got Kyle Smith and, um, you know, Kendall Lamb and we're in a great position. So, you know, I, it's um, it's all good. So that's, I think that's pretty much how it'll go. And we're not going to need an offensive line anyway because our defense is not going to allow a point this year. Yeah, exactly. Because we've got so many great players, and yeah. So as long as Jason Sanders can kick a field goal a game, we should hit, we should win every single one, right? Well, you know, Alf, it's funny you should ask that question, but Jason obviously is an All Pro kicker, and I thought we all thought he did an amazing job down the stretch last season. You know, in the clutch, there's just not too many better kickers. You know, the guy up in Baltimore, but you know, there's not too many kickers in the clutch. You've got it like I've uh, got it like Jason's got it. So, and then obviously we signed Jake Bailey. So Danny Crossman's over the moon because our, you know, our kicking, uh, we'll put our kicking unit up against anybody in the league. So we just yeah. feel that we're in a great position as we go into this draft. Yeah, Chris Greer and Marvin Allen might as well just go to Cancun, or go to the Keys, you know, get a nice little B and B. You know what I mean? Bullshit you know. season. <laughs> yeah, is. go have some conquerors. Let us handle this these these press conferences. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like we'll offer our services for free. In fact, if right? there's anything more, um that comes out of the press conference and essentially what I've just alluded to over the last three or four minutes, I'll be stunned. Yeah. The, do you watch South Park? I, I've seen it, but I don't watch it. Oh my God. Uh, that's such a great episode where it's essentially that where uh, um, I forgot what the, the episodes were about, but it was, uh, they essentially were calling press conferences. And whenever they were calling press conferences and they were open their mouth, you would hear fart noises and the media would just lap it up. And start reporting all kinds of things. Like, did you hear what he said? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can, um, I can fully understand that. And I, in a way, I feel sorry for the media guys because they're just not going to, you know. I mean, the question yeah. I said the other day, the question I really want to know is, uh, on, I, I don't think they'll do an interview on the night of day one of the draft because why would they? But on day two, I'd love to know from you know, once all the questions about who we've drafted come out i'd love to i'd love for somebody to say look you know you saw how the board fell in in round one we'd have had pick 21 24 whatever it was 21 uh who, who would you have taken with the board and I, i'd love for them to be honest enough to say you know what we'd probably have taken um player x or player y i doubt they will because they want to offend the guy that they, they they took who's probably in the same position as the guy they were going to take but you know i'd love to hear them Say, you know what, we'd have taken Anton Harrison or we'd have taken um, you know, Kalaji Kansi or we'd have taken whoever. So yeah, that's that's almost to me, that's almost more important than it is um than it is finding out who we're picking at fifty one because I kind of just want to know what their mindset was and you know, what they're yeah. thinking. That would that would have been really interesting. And uh Greer and Mike McDaniel will both speak to the media after their picks on day two and their picks on day three. Uh mandatory minicamp. Can't wait Mandatory. for that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, there they're actually going to talk about an actual human being that's a Miami Dolphin. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't yeah. wait for the day three picks press conference. That should be an absolute baller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, June 6th, 7th, and 8th, mandatory minicamp. That's going to be a lot of fun. You get to see the team in action or at least covering the first-team offense, which, it, it, to be honest with you, is going to be more entertaining than some of these games this season because I can't wait to see Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle go up against Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get into our our draft series, and today we're going to be dealing with linebackers and edge players, I do believe that linebacker is a distinct possibility at 51 because it's such a deep class that some of these guys might find their way to 51. One in particular, which I think will make it, and I think that they'll take him if he's there. But we'll get to that in a little bit. First, got to talk about Chosen Anderson. Chosen Anderson is now a Miami Dolphin. Simon, some people are speculating, oh, he might not make the team. Uh, I think he makes the team because I think there's a distinct skill set that is useful to this team. If he's capable of running really fast, which he he still can, at least that's what shows up on tape, and he could do it six or seven times a game, that helps the offense immediately. So what do you think what kind of impact he can have on this team? I don't think big numbers and big touchdown numbers are on the way, but he can facilitate things for Waddle and Hill, absolutely. You agree, right? Um, I don't know. I think if you go back uh, uh, three, four seasons, then that Robbie Anderson would have been, or Chosen Anderson, whatever his name is, would have been, um, you know, you'd have thought, wow, that's a great move. But, I, 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 you know, he's been pretty distinctly average the last two seasons and completely disappeared in Carolina last year before blowing up and getting escorted from the sideline after an argument with Chris uh, with Steve Wilkes and then getting getting canned. So, you know, it, he is a, you know, there are some significant and always have been significant off-field issues with with Anderson. Um, you know, if he's if he's healthy and if his head's screwed on, then, you know, he could be a, you know, it could be a a decent signing. He's what 29, 30. Uh I think he's just about to turn 30. Um, you know, a, a blazing speed, you know, four low four threes. But, you know, you go back and look at, you know, he got his way out of Carolina. I mean, his last three years, 53 catches for 519 uh, in 2020, uh, 2021. And then, what, 216 yards receiving on 15 catches uh, in last season in Carolina and Arizona, playing 12 games. I mean, only started five games last year. Uh, was traded to Arizona. Uh, Literally two catches, 10 yards, um, longest of 17, one of three. I mean, that tells you pretty much what you need to know. 1,000-yard uh, career season, same as Devontae Parker. So, you know, I mean, he's a bits and pieces kind of player. I think what's what's interesting is that he does move all around the field, you know, and he's taken 1,300-plus mm. uh, snaps from from the slot in his career. Um, so very similar to, to Waddle and Hill. And I think there's a certain skill set in terms of not just physicality, uh, not just speed, sorry, uh, but also size, but also positioning, you know. Um, and I think, you know, obviously Braxton Barrios will, will, is more of a pure slot guy uh, alongside his return work. So, mm -hmm. you know, it does make you wonder where they think with Eric uh, Zukanama and also with Cedric Wilson. But it certainly makes that, that receiver room more interesting. I mean, this guy is what he's almost six foot three, you know, six, he was six, yeah. two, seven, eights coming out. So, you know, six, three, 
four thirty six forty. He's probably still in that in that region. Um, you know, so if his head's screwed on, he can certainly offer something. But you know, which Robbie Anderson is going to show up? Which which guy are we going to get? And that's the, you know, that's the big question. Because if you're going to get a guy who catches sixty three, fifty, fifty two, and then ninety five passes back to back to back over the last, you know, in twenty seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and twenty, then that's a guy you certainly can get behind. But if you're going to have the kind of malcontent that we had last year um, in Carolina and in Arizona. I mean, the fact that you can't get on the field with the Cardinals got pretty much the worst offense in the NFL in six mm. games. That's pretty significant. Yeah, he, he seemed to, last year when he got to, to Arizona, he was pretty excited while Kyler Murray was there. Then Kyler Murray gets injured, and he pouted his way onto the, the bench, <laughs> essentially what he did, as DeAndre Hopkins you know, became the pro and produced even with bad quarterbacks. So, yeah, he's he's absolutely – he's a uh, – uh, I would call him touchy, but, you know, I don't know if that's the right word. Um, I mean, he's had he's, more name changes than he had catches for the Cardinals last year. I mean, he's had more names. He's volatile. Changes. I think volatile is yeah. the, the right word for him. I mean, he went from Robbie. He's gone from – in his life, he's gone from R-O-B-B-I-E to R-O-B-B – Y to R O B B I E again, and now to chosen. So he's had four name changes in his life. I mean, a guy like that, I can't get behind a guy like that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the the fact that he had three catches, uh, three name changes, and two catches in Arizona last season does make me think this yeah. guy's a bit of a bell end. But you know, maybe I'll be proven wrong. It's happened yeah. once, so. Yeah, but this I, is a yeah. this is a really really good spot for him. If if he busts out of here from it's, here, it's game over. It's, game over. it's uh, no career for you, <laughs> you know. So like he, it would behoove him to take his whatever twenty one catches and three hundred yards this season, which I think will be a success. But as long as he, like I said, if he can run those six or seven nine routes a game, I think it helps Mike McDaniel's offense. I think it helps. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and let's face it, we want the ball in Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill's hands as much as possible. Like those are good things. Like those guys yeah. do good things with the ball in their hands. And if he can help them, then yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's something that I think we could all get behind. Uh, all right. In the first part of this show, we're going to talk about the best in class and what could possibly get to fifty-one. In the second half, we're going to talk about Dolphin needs going forward. Best edge players, it has to be Will Anderson. I think the, the betting odds now are in favor of him going even second to the Texans, which I find insane because if you're the Texans, like, when are you going to go get this quarterback that you need, right? Like, yeah, yeah you have well, a pretty good class, right? They've got a pick at 12, okay? Um, uh -huh. You know, so, and they've obviously got the early pick in round two. So, you know, there's ammunition certainly to move up. They've got the extra picks. Um, so they've got the ammunition to move up should they feel like a guy's going to, you know, is going to fall. They could easily take Hendon Hooker. They could move back in, in round one, take Hooker. Um, you know, they feel semi-comfortable with Davis Mills, who, you know, certainly had his moments. Um, not in terms of eschewing, taking a, you know, a future franchise quarterback, but certainly a guy that you could feel a bit more comfortable moving forwards with. Sorry, I just got to move because my ass is sore. Um, but look, I... It's difficult, isn't it? You've got D'Amico Ryan's a new head coach. You know, D'Amico has seen what you've been able to do in San Francisco with non-first-round quarterbacks. You look at 
you know, I mean, Jimmy obviously was a second round pick and they, they traded for him. But you look at a Brock Purdy, you look at some of the guys they've had there and, you know, they've been able to, and also the history of the 49ers just generally, you know, that's a, a franchise that he's, you know, he's aware of in terms of the history of guys like, um, you know, Montana as a third round pick, Jeff Garcia, uh, those sorts of guys. So um, I think you'd be banging the table for a quarterback. Um, but there is talk that Nick Casario doesn't, Fancy, um, quarterback's not called Br- Br- uh, called Bryce Young in, in in that position. Now maybe that's a massive mm-hmm. smokescreen, um, and there's certainly you know features of all three of them not called Bryce Young that you could certainly be attracted to. The other thing is that do you bring in a cornerstone, you know, defensive end, pass rusher, something else that obviously D'Amico knows all about. D'Amico has seen with Nick Bozer. I'm not saying that Will Anderson is Nick Bozer, but um, there's certainly been some talk recently that, you know, Anderson's this and he might be falling a bit and blah, blah, blah. And no, I think Will Anderson took his foot off the gas a little bit last year. Still played hard, still played well, but protected himself a little bit because he knew he was going to be in the mix to be the first overall pick. You go back and look at his sophomore tape. I mean, it, it, it's absolutely outstanding. He's an outstanding player. He's a great kid off the field, apparently. Like, incredible hard work, incredible work ethic leader. The guy that I think that people... Uh, are beginning to talk about us potentially and I've heard a couple of rumours about you know maybe him being the guy going at a second overall is um, is Tyree Wilson the mm-hmm. guy from uh, the kid from Texas Tech who um, you know 6'5", 271 I mean you know an athletic kind of marvel um, I struggle to see it I've got to say he was he's one of the he's one of the guys that I've struggled with most uh, and, and you know what it's like when you watch guys you I, I don't know about you but I tend to watch mm-hmm. guys and uh, the confirmation bias thing in terms of I don't watch as much of the guys that I, I like as I do the guys I don't like because I'm trying to find reasons to like them yes and, and, and clearly Tyree Wilson's got talent um, or try to make them what what you know what other people say he they yeah can, exactly try and know? see what other people see but, you know, I, I mean, he's, like I said, he's athletic, he's long, he's big, he converts speed to power. He, you know, he is very, very powerful in terms of that kind of get up and, and attacking, ball rushing, pushing guy like tackles back into the, um, back into the quarterback, back into the throwing lane. Uh, he's rangy, he's got incredible wingspan, he's got great tools, he's very toolsy. But I just don't see a guy who can, you know, he's he lacks craft. He, I don't think he has a pass rushing arsenal. Um, I think he comes off the ball late. He comes up off tall. And I think there are times where, you know, I've seen games of his where he just gets washed out completely, where you just don't see him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he can find passing lanes necessarily in terms of getting his hands up. Uh, I just... Yeah, the lack of a pass rush plan. I mean, physically, he reminds me of Jason Pierre-Paul in many respects, but I, I, it, it does worry me. And, uh, you know, for, for me, I just, I look at Will Anderson and, yeah, he's a little bit light, but, you know, he is explosive as a as a first-step pass rusher. He is, you know, bendy and flexible. He's bur- He's got a great burst. You know, you see, you can see him reduced down inside. I've seen him reduced down inside and get double teamed by a guard in the center, come off the tackle at the goal line, come off the, the double team at the goal line and still make the tackle. You know, mm-hmm. he's 200, what, 51 pounds? Is he 253 pounds? Six four. Yeah. So, although he's going to, he's going to, he's going to meet NFL weight rooms and yeah, absolutely. They'll get yeah. him to the right weight. 
he missed a lot, you know, Anderson missed some tackles. I think he missed 19 tackles last season, which is a huge amount. But, you know, you go back and look and you see the, the tackles that he's played against, whether that's, you know, look at Charles Cross in the year that he had in Seattle last year. And Will Anderson, you know, gave Charles Cross a, a hard time. Will Anderson gives everybody a hard time. I know, apart from Darnell Wright, which was an interesting game. But, um, you know, this is the the first player in Alabama history to, to twice become a unanimous, unanimous All-American uh, second in school history at Alabama as well. So this second in school history behind the great Derek Thomas. Career tackles for a loss. He had 34 and a half sacks. I mean, you know, this guy gets off the ball like an absolute, you know, like he's wearing a jetpack. Um, and he's a really good run defender as well. So it will be interesting to see what the Texans do. You know, do they do they take a quarterback? Do they, you know, what does Arizona then do at three? If Will Anderson's off the board, is Jalen Carter the right ski, the the right cultural fit in in Arizona? They obviously don't need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if that point, you know, only one quarterback's come off the board, well, then you know, Indianapolis don't really need to move because yeah. if they want a guy that can start this year, then they'll pick CJ Stroud. But if they want some toolsy kind of athletic freaks that they can train up behind Gardner Minshew, then they could take a Richardson and a Levis. And we know that Chris Ballard loves these kind of toolsy guys, these size mm. guys. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. And if if the if the Texans do take a non-quarterback there, um, it'll really shake things up. Yeah. It used to be that everybody, especially in the 80s and 90s, everybody wanted that that toolsy linebacker that could be the face of the franchise on on the defensive side of the ball. But I, I was looking back through history. Even those guys that were highly touted coming out of college, like um, like Ray Lewis, in fact, they never went as high as everybody thought they would. Ray Lewis, I believe, was a 26th overall pick. Yeah, 25th, 26th, yeah. 25th or 26th, yeah. So going back through history, like, yeah, that's not something that's ever been something. But if there's a if there's a guy in this draft that, that I look at, and maybe you could correct me on this, maybe you think somebody's better, but Nolan Smith looks it looks yeah. to me like that that signature linebacker that he's going to get drafted somewhere in the top ten, I would say top twelve. I can and see that him going to Philadelphia at, at ten, definitely. And I can see that guy being the face of that defense for ten years and make five Pro Bowls. Like I can see it with him. Uh, your thoughts on on Nolan Smith, and then we're going to get in on in on, on a couple of other guys, and then we're going to move on. We're going to go into break, and we're going to talk about the Dolphins specifically. With well, this. I mean, look, there's so much to like about him. I think, yeah, he was the number one, number one recruit overall in the 2019 class in terms of uh, high school talent. Uh, he's IMG kid, you know, five star recruit. Obviously, as you'd imagine, uh, he's lean. I mean, he's only sort of maxed out at six two, two thirty eight. Started for two years, played Jack linebacker in that sort of. Uh, I mean, Kirby has a sort of a three three five base. Um, the thing that would concern me is that. Never reach four sack, four plus sacks in four years in Athens. Mm. Two and a half sacks in 2019, two and a half in 2020, three and a half in 21, and three last year. Now, he obviously got injured last year, um, but he is rangy. He is, uh, you know, like I said, he is an athletic freak. He is twitchy. He is dynamic get off. I mean, he is explosive at the line of scrimmage. He is bendy. He has got really big, powerful hands. Uh, I just think he's a fascinating guy that you play in a 34 front that could be an edge rusher but uh, can drop off in coverage but the thing I think I like most about him is that he apparently just an absolutely incredible kid off the field you know like plus 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 football character apparently blew people away at the combine even though they knew 
he was he had a great personality. And you saw that on the sideline. He was essentially operating as a de facto coach for 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 um for Kirby Smart last season when after the shoulder injury. But you know, this is a you know a kid that like Channing Tindall said, he's the most vocal person in the locker room, the energy of the defense, just that kind of work work ethic, first in, last out kind of guy. You kind of build around, you know, he's a cultural builder. You would be concerned about the weight, you would be concerned about the production in terms of eleven and a half sacks in four years on a defense, you know. At some point, once this defense has graduated, the, this, the national championship defense is the last of the last few years, somebody is going to find the the kind of the elixir player. Was it Keely Ringo? Was it Christopher Smith? Was it Channing Tindall? Was it uh, the kid at Green Bay, Key Walker? Was it um, yeah the kid Nicobe Dean? Is it Jalen Carter? Is it Trayvon Walker? Who was the who was the elixir that was making everybody else better? Do you know what I mean? Who was the guy that who's patient zero in terms of the singular best player? Now it could be Nolan Smith, it could be Jalen Carr. We don't. It could have been the the kid that Philly drafted last year, the big tackle, Jordan Davis. But it will be one of those players, and it could be Nolan Smith. But you would be a little bit concerned about the lack of production in terms of pure sacks. Yeah. Now let's take uh, two players before we go to to break. And man, I've I've looked for it on tape. I can't find it, but. If you listen to some of these guys that are evaluated in this class, I never saw it with Jack Campbell, and that's who we're going to talk about first. I never saw it with Jack Campbell, but some are saying he has the versatility to eventually even play on third downs as a stand-up, five-tech, six-tech outside. Uh, I don't see it because I just I haven't seen it in Iowa Tate. I haven't seen him rush the passer from the outside. I've seen him as an inside blitzer. I do know he's perfect as a, as a read linebacker. He can read two gaps. I know that for a fact. He's a good scrape linebacker because he can run. And he's all, there's also tape of him covering running backs. Uh, the versatility of Jack Campbell that some are saying is there but hasn't shown up in stats or on tape, do you believe it exists, Simon? Or is he pigeonholed at playing in between the tackles? Um, it's interesting because I think he's athletic. I think he's really instinctive. Um, I think he is just a really solid player. I mean, I think he's got... You know, I think he's and, got... I, and you know what I'm what I'm leading at. I'm leading at is there some Michael Parsons in him? I don't see it. No. Some say that that it exists. I don't see that. I mean, I see this as a guy, you know, this is a guy that um, you know, he's a tackle machine, 271 tackles over the last two seasons, you know, two-year starter, three-year captain in high school, two-year, two-year captain at Iowa, was the Mike linebacker in that Phil Parker 43 defense. Um I mean, I think Kirk Ferentz wanted to move him, actually. I think I read a few weeks ago that Ferentz wanted to move him to defensive end or actually to center as a freshman. But Campbell was like, I just want to stay at linebacker. I just want to stay at linebacker. Uh, obviously won the Buckus last year. Won the academic Heisman as well. He's an incredibly bright player. I think he's won it twice. No, that's not true. He's de- he's de- I think he's the first player to ever win the the academic Heisman at Iowa, which is is mm. saying something. But he's like a he's prepped up to the max in terms of tape study, those sorts of things. I love the way he gets outside the box and gets to the sideline. Um, he's just, just relentless in everything that he does. But I don't see a Micah Parsons ability in, in him at all. But what I do see is just a really solid. The, he's going to be a ten year starter in the NFL. A guy that just will make tackles, will Hoover up tackles. You know, he's, he's quick, ran a 4-6, 158, 10-yard split. I think he's, you know, he's he's just a solid player to me. And the last guy we're going to take before we go to break, and this is the guy that we're probably going to start with when we come back from break, because it's an outside possibility that 
that he can make it to 51. And that's Trenton Simpson. Now, if he's there at 51, uh, look, spoiler alert, this is what I'm going to say when we come back from break. I I think you're almost forced to take him, depending on what, you know, you never know, you know, what kind of shenanigans are pulled and gets to you at 51. And and now you get a, a, you know, a great choice uh, of player, you know, who knows? Maybe Dewan Jones is there. Maybe who knows who else makes it to you at 51, but Trent Simpson, like, this is a guy that replaces Jerome Baker in a year. No doubt about it. Plays a lot in year one. Uh, he is the quintessential 2023 NFL linebacker. He is good in coverage. Good everywhere, really. Plays physical. Fast. Just a little light, but it looks like he can carry 240 pounds of ass. Uh, your thoughts on Trenton Simpson? I'm over the moon on, on him as a player. Uh, I'm surprised that mock drafts are not as kind to him as I would be. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it tight because we're going to break, but I, I would say two things about him before we get into the, the weeds when we come back on him. I would say that what is he? Like, w- w- where does he play? What is he? How does he play? Um, that would be point number one. Uh, and two, I don't think there's that many players in this entire draft that have the ceiling that Simpson has. Um but can he can he meet that ceiling? That's the that's the question for me. You know, where is he? How does he play? And um, his ceiling is incredibly high, but can he meet it? All right. And with that, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Dolphins and this position specifically. But first, these words. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. And we're back. And as we're back, let's talk about the Dolphins and as it pertains to this 
this position. Um, everybody's thinking about, okay, they got to go BPA or whatever because, you know, this team doesn't have many needs. They're, they're minor, but they can use depth here and depth there. I would submit to you that there's a need at linebacker because you take one injury. Jerome Baker's been pretty much indestructible since he's been here. Let's hope that nothing happens to the contrary, okay? David Long has been anything but, okay? Missed six games last year. He's had injury issues. He goes down. You're thinking about a street-free agent to play as Phil linebacker and start simplifying some of your coverages, or you're forcing Channing Tindall into a bunch of roles that he's never done before, at least not in the NFL. So that would be my chief case for Trent Simpson is, is that he solves problems going forward. And he plays right away. Uh, do you have any other linebacker that is that could conceivably make it to 51? Because guy I've been looking at, and some mocks don't like him, but others obviously do. And I guess people are just, you know, coming to the realization like, okay, this guy does too many things well to, to not take him in the first round is Drew Sanders. But do you see any other linebacker but Trenton Simpson as a choice at 51 where he would be the clear cut? BPA for Miami? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I would say the caveat is that Demarvi and Overshone is the mm. player that they've shown significant interest in um, in terms of what he can do. Um, I mean, he's a good player, really good player. I think that um, I think it's quite instructive, really, because he's sort of like a Trent and Simpson light in many ways. Mm -hmm. They do have very similar. Uh, attributes uh, and I think that's probably instructive towards how they might feel about a guy like Simpson um, you know a kind of a you know this is a you know very speedy run and hit pursuit player who can play in coverage that's what you'd say about Overshone and, and really that's what what Trenton Simpson is um, and I think he wouldn't certainly wouldn't fit all schemes Simpson but I think you know that ability that you have in a Vic Fangio defense to be a sort of a uh, a playmaker who can you know project into that sort of fast flowing you know light box into attacking the the, the sidelines defense of Vic Fangio is this kind of run and hit guy you know he can play some he can play some kind of you know overhang uh, as a you know this drop outside linebacker or even a low safety in a kind of rotated coverage um which is what your you know your expectation might be i think he'd be you know he'd be perfect for that i don't think he was all all that good last year and he was given a very defined role um playing both the will and the sam in in, in that sort of 4-3 of of the new defensive coordinator whose name escapes me uh, will goodwin west goodwin west goodwin mm -hmm. at clemson um i think you go back to look at um the year before under Brent Venables when, you know, people were projecting him as a top five pick for this year based on what he did that season. And and he just lined up in multiple positions. It's a safety and middle linebacker, edge rusher. He lined up all over the formation. He was an absolute, it was an absolute menace. He's just got amazing range, great athleticism. He ran a 4.43. He ran a 1.48 10-yard split, which is just ridiculous. He just... He just destroys angles. Uh, he's urgent. I I just love the the way he'll play against a tight end. You know, he can turn and run. He's alert. He understands coverages. Um, he didn't play a lot of special teams actually, but you, mm. you look at his athletic pro profile and you think, you know, this is just such a versatile guy. He can just do whatever he um 
whatever he um whatever he wants really i mean look some of the production for a five-star kid i mean he was so highly rated coming out of high school never had an interception um i don't think he's an amazing pass rusher uh but i just think he's just a physical freak his talent is just his upside is massive and i think if you're looking for sort of a you know a ball hunter with with speed and just the ability and appetite to get to, to ball carriers that's what trenton simpson is I would wonder what that would mean for Channing Tindall um, because I suspect that, you know, he's very much a run and flow, you know, use that speed, use that athletic ability. So, you know, what would that mean for Tindall? Um, but Simpson would be hard to pass up at 51, I've got to say. And the aforementioned Drew Sanders, uh, who's right? Yeah, and, and who's in these camps? Because there's some mocks have him in the first round. Actually yeah, going to the Buffalo Bills, by the way. I don't and, love him. I've got to say, I mean, he was the, you know, five-star recruit, same class at Alabama as Will Anderson, Bryce Young. Big uh, year last year, though. Big yeah, numbers. Yeah, tra transferred to, to to Arkansas because he couldn't get on the field. Um, moved to Mike Linebacker. Uh, was going to go to Oklahoma, actually moved to to Mike um, and and played really well. But obviously just a one-year starter. Played in that sort of 4 2 5 of Barry Odoms. Um but, you know, he's used as an edge. He was a five-star kid, like I said. He's long, he's quick, he's agile, he's instinctive, and he's great moving forwards towards the ball, moving forwards as a blitzer coming off the edge. Um, yeah, I mean, he has more Micah Parsons about his game than certainly yeah. than Jack Campbell does in terms of in terms of that. I, I just think that uh I just think he looks a bit clueless out there. He's a really average tackler. Um I don't think his production matches up to his kind of athletic sort of skill set. Uh, he, he's kind of that sort of jack of all trades, kind of line me up all over and just let me, you know, just wind me up and let me go as a kind of an athletic kind of Duracell bunny sort of thing. He's very rangy. Um, and I think you're probably going to want him rushing off the edge a little bit and uh, and doing those sorts of things, late blitzes to to make use of that, that speed. But then you contextualize that speed and you look at, you know, Trenton Simpson, what do we say, 4.43. Sanders only runs, only in inverted commas, runs a 4.64, which is completely fast enough, and a 161 10-yard split. But if you compare a 161 10-yard split with a 148, I mean, that's a massive mm. difference between what Simpson can do. You know, Simpson is already, Simpson is gone on the G of the gun, do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. everybody else is still, still in their stance. But, you know, I, I don't love Sanders on tape, I've got to say. Um I know a lot of people that do, uh, but I just, you know, I just don't, don't love him. I've got to say, don't love him. Yeah. As far as 84, do you have anything for at 84 before I move on to what I think is the Duke Riley special on this, in this draft? In terms of linebackers? Yeah. At 84, yeah. that could be on the shopping list. Yeah, I think overshown, as I mentioned, I, I do like Henry Toa Toa because I like his instincts. That's what I was going to mention. I thought that Henry Toa Toa is a guy that, that could drop and you might start thinking about packaging maybe a future fifth and another sixth to move up into the early fifth to get him because, man, he's versatile. He could play absolutely everywhere. He reminds me so much of Duke Riley. It's not even funny. Like, this is a guy that he could be here eight years and you wouldn't even know it after eight years because... He played half of them backing up at every single position, and we know he can play special teams right away because he's an exceptional tackler. 
Yeah, I think you've got to keep him protected. I mean, he's light. He's I think yes. he was in the two twenties at the combine, two twenty seven. Not particularly not, tall either. There's not so. particularly tall, six foot one. Um, but what I love about him, I loved him. I uh, loved it about him at Tennessee. I love it about him at Alabama. I, I think he'll fall. I, I think he might even fall into to day three. I think he might end up being a fourth round pick. He's just so instinctive, Alf. He's just he's yeah. just such a natural. Uh, he has such a natural ability to read his keys and understand where the, the the game is going. He's really twitchy, especially in his lower half. He's just got a great trigger. And I think if you watch his tape, you just see Toto is always on his toes the whole time. He's literally just, you know, he's so rangy. We're just downhill to the to the to the ball carrier. I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Pat Satan Jr., but somebody called him. Or it may even have been Jordan Battle actually talking at the combine, so that he was the conscience of the Alabama defense, which I think is a really interesting mm. terminology um, for him. He just never plays slow. He's never on the ground. He's just diagnostically brilliant. Um, you know, you wish he was, you know, six foot four, two forty, and you know, yeah, longer arms and and a bit faster. I mean, what did he run? He ran, he ran a four sixty two. So you know, um, but he is kind of. I think it was Matt Miller who said the other day I might have been might have been um, Dane Bruler said he was the he he's a right place right place right time kind of linebacker which is kind of you know everything that you could really ask for for a, for a guy that you just want to come downhill make tackles in the run game be rangy know your run fits know your keys know your triggers all those sorts of things and I I, I like him a lot he's an interesting player to me and then look you you look at some of those there's some of those lighter backers you know Dorian Williams the kid out of Tulane. There's the kid, um, Dayan Henley at Washington State. These are guys in the two twenties, you know, almost big safeties um, in terms of how they play, but really, really good, rangy cover guys. You know what I mean? They're just um, these are the kind of same with Overshown. I think they've shown a lot of instinct in Overshown. You look at a guy like Ivan Pace. I mean, nobody gets the nobody gets to the quarterback better than Ivan Pace in terms of how he how he does it. He was phenomenal at the. Um, at the senior bowl in terms of 101, uh, 101s, what one-on-ones de- destroying running backs. You know, he's going to be a day one special teams captain. Uh, you know, you can rush him from the middle of the field to get after the quarterback. Um, you know, whether he's an every down player, you don't know. And obviously you don't really want to take a guy who's not an every down player pretty much at, at, in round three. Uh, and then the, the the guy at Auburn as well, I quite like on tape. I mean, there's, a, the, there's the edge guy at Auburn. I love Derek Hall. He's getting absolutely no love. Uh, you go back and watch the Alabama game that Bright not last year but the year before where Bryce Young came back at the end when they were trading sort of thirteen nothing or ten nothing or whatever it was and and they won the game at the end when um it went to overtime and and they beat McCready uh, in the corner the the kid who's got cancer plays for John plays for the Texans was drafted by the Texans hmm. uh, anyway that's by the by but um Hall absolutely t- absolutely took over that game just phenomenal uh, so Owen Papo is the is the linebacker he's quite a, Quite an interesting guy, but um, yeah, to me, uh, I think if you if you have if Trent Simpson fell into your lap, you'd be hard pressed to pass him up at, at fifty one. Yeah, and Miami has a you know they have a gaping hole in the in the middle of their their draft because man, you would like to have a couple of those fourth or fifth round picks because there's so many players that you would not take at eighty four because. I'll give you one, and I guess you could expand a little bit on him as we wind down here. Yusir Abdullah is a guy who, he's first of all, he's local, went to Carroll City down here. Uh, he's from Miramar, which is really close to where I live by. Um, really productive player at, at Louisville, but 
if you look at his makeup as far as an NFL linebacker, what is he? Where can he play? And this is a guy that's not doesn't have a particular measurable except that he's fast and he looks like a million bucks, but he doesn't have particularly long arms. Uh, there's not much tape of him in coverage. Uh, he can run and hit, and he could he could move through the ball. But I guess you know where do you see his fit? I don't see it in our system, really. No, I don't either. Yeah, he is the antithesis of a two read linebacker. Like he's a guy that has to play from the guard out to the boundary in like a Tampa two type system. You tend to agree, like he's pigeonholed in the NFL. You see Abdullah. I think he's a um. I think he is athletic. He's got that sort of nice reading react ability. I thought he looked best as an edge rusher. Actually, as kind of a guy with Mm. some pass rush ability, with some you know some first step step quickness. I mean, he had what. 19 and a half sacks um, and 59 pressures. 19 and a half sacks in his final 26 games that the ACC in quarterback pressures with 59 in 2022. So, you know, you know that he can get after the, the quarterback. What I think, again, you talk about the, the undersized guys that I touched on earlier on, um, 516 career snaps as a special teamer. Um, you know, that's a guy that's going to contribute early. Um, I just I, I just think he's kind of just an average, I think, and I, he can get a little bit engulfed, especially inside. He got stuck inside a few times. When he gets out in space, either moving backwards, back towards the goal line, or side sideline to sideline, or forwards after the quarterback, I think he, I think he looks impressive. Um, and to me, I think he's just going to be an off-ball linebacker who can be a sub-package pass rusher and a special teams, you know. A real interesting special teams guy, but your point is is really apposite about the the, the kind of mid rounds because there are some linebackers who fall in that sort of four, five, six area that I think are really interesting. You know, Savosia Dennis of Pittsburgh, undersized but just an absolute tackle machine. D Winters at TCU, just instinctive downhill players, was brilliant for the TCU during the season. I I think Ventrell Miller's a decent player. Uh, you know, there are some, there's a couple of other guys that I kind of picked out as well. Um, well, the, the Diabate kid who was at Florida who transferred to Utah, I think is an interesting guy. Shaka Haywood, a Duke, again, another interesting player. So there are definitely players, you know, who are, um, going to fall in that area where Miami don't have picks. Um, now we obviously have Jerome Baker. We obviously have Duke Riley. We obviously have David Long, who I absolutely love, but you know, and Channing Tindall. So you wonder where the thinking is on that. Riley's pretty reliable, but then if Long goes down, you're expecting, you know, where where, where does T- I mean, really, where Channing Tindall features in terms of both how he is physically, mentally. You have also- him. You have him walk off the bus early on because he looked like I don't know if you saw him yeah. a, a show up for OTAs. He looked like a million bucks sporting his fast track T-shirt. Which means I, that he is one of the few players that tracked at over twenty miles an hour last year. Now I don't know where he was going at twenty miles an hour. It obviously wasn't to make a play because he didn't make many yeah. of those last year. But yeah. man, it's there, right? Like the the hope. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely hope. Hope is still alive with Channing Tindall. Sure, and it should be. I mean, he's a baby. He's an absolute baby. He was the most vastly the most inexperienced of those three linebackers, and and. Quay Walker played a lot for Green Bay and was up and down, played better down the stretch and then had those two brain farts where he got ejected in back-to-back games. And, you know, he was okay. And the Um, play against Detroit was just, that was ridiculous. N'Kobe Dean is, you know, N'Kobe Dean was the stud. uh, And Dean barely saw the field because of, you know, the way that Philly played. And 
Now, obviously, there's going to be a huge step up for N'Kobe Dean this year. But, you know, Tyndall was the most raw. He was the the guy who played the least. Um, so it will be fascinating to see where um, where the mindset is in terms of Vic Banjo and what he thinks he can do. He's still very young. He's still a baby. But you, you obviously want to, you know, he's had his mulligan year. You really need to see something happening. Um with Channing Tindall this year. And and really, Vic Fangio will be the deciding factor, really, because you think, you know, if Fangio doesn't fancy him or, you know, he's looks he's looking at tape and he just sees a Trenton Simpson and thinks, look, this dude would just be an absolute monster in our defense, then 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 so be it. Yeah, one guy I do love, and I guess we'll we'll go out on this guy, because I think he's going to feature prominently somewhere in the middle rounds. And I think he's an NFL starter and player for a while. Um Man, he on tape he does look a lot like Len Roberts. Noah Sewell, uh, yeah. that's uh, Penny Sewell's uh, little brother, cousin. What is he? Brother, I think he is. Think yeah, he's his brother. Uh, man, what a what a stack and shed linebacker, two re linebacker. Like this is a throwback. Like this guy's gonna is gonna thump you. He's gonna he's gonna play in that classic Mike role, and he's gonna play downhill. He's gonna read the guard. He's gonna play outside of the guard's shoulder. He's gonna. He's going to flow to the ball outside, pass the tackle. He's going to take on lead blockers. This is an old-school guy. If we had an extra pick, I would take him without even thinking about it because you know you can always go conventional because that's that's that, that's the thinking that's the thinking behind every linebacking core right now in the NFL is, you know what, if you take a couple of injuries, you can always go conventional with one of those street-free agents that can always play one read like a Calvin Munson. Every th- those guys are out there everywhere, right? If you drafted this guy, you would have him on the roster already, and you would play him. I love Noah Sewell as a as a prospect. Uh, your thoughts on where he goes in this draft? Day two, day three. Uh, your thoughts on him as a player? Yeah, I think he's a day three guy. He's probably a fourth, fifth, sixth rounder. I think um, he is an interesting guy. Obviously, Penesul's brother. He was tipped off two years ago. It was tipped off to me by. A dolphin scout who messaged me to say, "Have you seen this kid?" And obviously, he's Panay's brother, and he's there's a apparently a, a third brother who's a, a, a another really good player. Uh, apparently, hey, a nephew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he's in high school. There's and, four of them. There's four souls yeah, on the I way. Mean, just crazy. I mean, his <laughs> uncle. I think is Isaac Sopoago. I think. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the uncle. Yeah, I think. Um. So yeah, I um. I think he's a really interesting kind of off-ball, two-down, run-stuffing, hitting linebacker and play special teams. I actually think he's got a bit of juice off the edge as a pass rusher. But the the concern for me is that you know he's he is limited as a as a as a pass defender. He doesn't really have the speed, doesn't really have the footwork or the hips to turn. Uh, and I think the more you leave him on an island, the the worse he looks. But I think as a guy that can just come downhill. Can just take guys on, can fill, can stack, can strike, can make tackles. Then I think that's uh, you know, and the NFL still needs those guys. He's big as well at two. He's almost two fifty. Um, so yeah, I, I think he'll carve out a niche and play for for ten years in the league. But I think he'll be a, that kind of a Landon Roberts type player, a guy that just comes yeah. down, slobber knocker, makes a lot of tackles, knocks a load of guys out. Not, yeah, I don't mean that. Knocks a load of guys down. Um, but limited in terms of you that you just don't want to match. Just, you know, if you're an offensive coordinator, you want to get your Alvin Kamara matched up on him because that's going to the house. 
Yeah, and 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 like I said, um, you know, usually when you take an injury at linebacker, you start to get a little bit more conventional, and you start seeing these types of guys make the field, the Kevin Munsons of the world, and that puts more pressure on your safeties. Vic Fangio does not want like to play that way. I love Calvin Munson. He's that guy. Every time he's asked to play football, he performs. Currently on the Patriots uh, practice squad, uh, he made it onto the roster a few games last year. Always liked him as a player. Every time he's to, he actually had two interceptions for the Dolphins in back to back year. So yeah, he's actually been productive for Miami. But yeah, th- those type of guys, man. There's there's like six or seven of them that are floating around the league, and it always happens. Somebody takes a serious injury at linebacker. Yep, it's type. It's time to call the Calvin Munson type. You know, Atlanta Roberts is just lucky enough that he's carved out a name for himself and can make four million dollars a year with the Steelers this year. You know, because uh, that's who he is. He's the king of those types. Yeah. You know, but let's hope that they have health this year and they could play the type of linebacking, uh, the, the type of linebacker that they want to play this year. They want to play, you know, kind of free flowing two gap style. You know, let's hope for health for David Long. Uh, I guess we could close out here. Your thoughts on the linebacking unit as a whole? It seems to be complete at this point because Vic Fang just says he's happy with what he has. Uh, the depth chart is not out yet, but certain places like our lads has a, a depth chart out, and it's what everybody would expect. It's, it's David Long, it's Jerome Baker, and behind them is Channing Tindall, Duke Riley. Uh, your thoughts at that, as those four guys make up the linebacking core going forward? Yeah, I mean, they're the guy. I mean, like we talk about, you know, Chubb obviously will be listed as a linebacker, Jalen Phillips, Malik Reed, Gink, but, you know, the they are conventionally outside edge rushers, really, in terms of, you know. Um, so in terms of the actual pure linebackers, I suppose Cameron Good is the only other guy, uh, seventh rounder last year and played in the practice squad and, uh, and those sorts of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't expect Sam Eguavano will be back. Uh, and it may be that they want to add one more name in terms of, a you know, a, a guy now, whether or not that's a high, whether that's a higher round pick or whether they, you know, they, they look at some of those, um, some of those guys that we mentioned earlier on in terms of a guy that can, you know, be a really good special teams contributor, uh, and and can maybe get some snaps on on defense. I, I suspect what they'll look for is a guy that can cover in terms of later round guys, rather than a guy that can just come in and be a, you know, a two down um, run stuffer. Uh, I think um, I don't know what you think about that, but. I suspect just a guy that you can use as a sub package pass rusher and somebody who can um who can be a uh, a core special teams player but doesn't look completely out of his place. Um you know, D Winters certainly certainly springs to mind in terms of somebody that doesn't look out of place as a as a coverage guy. Um I don't know what you think about that, but to me yeah. that's the kind of the guy that I think they're after. I don't think that they're gonna be looking for that sort of two down. Isaiah Moore, kind of Noah Sewell kind of guy, I don't yeah. think, which obviously means they're probably going to draft both of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that they're out on on the Calvin Munson business, the Calvin Munsons of the world, the Noah Sewells of the world. Uh, yeah, I think that that's over with. I think they want to be, they want to stay versatile. They want, especially just look at the the depth chart, the the initial depth chart. Although they haven't released it, they will in June for those OTAs. But our lads, you know, can you know, could put two and two together. So can we. And look at the four guys, the four guys that they're mirror images of each other. You know, second team is Duke and Channing Tyndall. First team is David Long and Jerome Baker. 
Like they're they're giving you the message right there. <laughs> that's all you need. Those are the four guys. That's what they're looking for, and that's what they're going to be looking for going forward. One episode remains in our draft series. It'll be defensive backs, safeties, cornerbacks. That should be a lot of fun. It's a spectacular class this year. We'll talk about it later on this week. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.